Good day all. Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Apostle Thompson from Benet Republic. Continuing on that message concerning the New World Order. And then on the last audio, we discussed the Antichrist Empire, extraterrestrial, and also Romanized Christianity. We stopped when we were about to get deep into the prophecy of Apostle John in Revelations, where he spoke about the, 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 the eight kings. Revelations, and this is where we are going to start from from today. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Father, we commit your words into your hands. Let its entrance bring light into life of every listener in the name of Jesus. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for perfection. Thank you for upliftment. And thank you for frustrating every works of the devil in each lives. And above all, for keeping us safe in this trying period that is visiting the whole earth. We give you the glory for your ever presence in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I want to take the opportunity to appreciate those who are reaching back. I'm getting your feedback. Uh, those who are also resharing the audio, the Lord bless you. The intent is for you to bless humanity, to depopulate hell and to populate heaven. And I'm grateful to God for those who have uh, uh, attested to the fact that their Christianity has been strengthened as a result of listening to this audio. And then those who have also testified of healing. They, and by the way, each, 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 each time the audio goes out, people always come back with tales of healing. And um, it's not, I don't consciously pray for healing, but the Lord does it because anytime the word of God goes out in faith, the Holy Spirit is always there to confirm it with signs and with wonders. So we bless God for that. Time will not allow me to mention all the healing testimonies, but I'm going to very soon do a tip only on the healing testimonies. And I uh, will seek permission from those who have shared it to give names where it is necessary. And if, if, if permission is not given to give names, I'll just give their location. But healing testimonies have been happening from and I thank God for that. The Lord bless you all in the name of Jesus. Now, to the day's task. We were discussing Revelation chapter 17 from verse 10 to 11, where Apostle John helped us to understand that this uh, entity uh, that will be the first prophet of the last, uh, of, the, of the appointed time of the end, he said, I will have five 
five, I mean eight eggs. And he said from verse 10 that five have already fallen. And then the other e, one is, one has not yet come. And then when that one does not yet come, it will come, but it will only be there for a short time. And then the one that will be the Antichrist, I mean, that will be the first prophet of the Antichrist. He said he, he was, he's not, he's himself also the eighth and he's also the seventh. And then he will lead into perdition. Now, if you look at the history of the Roman Catholic Church, you will see that Pope Pius the Eleventh signed the Lateran Treaty, and he signed it between 1922 and 1939. And this was the Pope that practically resurrected the Roman Catholic Church. To reward relevance. Before that, it had been in oblivion for 1260 years, exactly as Apostle Paul had predicted. I mean Apostle John has predicted in his uh, in his in his apocalypse. But then Pope Pius the Eleventh signed the treaty that recognized the Vatican City again, the church again. Now, that's the first pope. So it is from this pope, the sign, the, the recognizing of this, of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the church again, the Roman Catholic Church again, in these modern times, that this prophecy begins to be fulfilled. Okay, that's, what, that's the background I want you to understand. Now, the second pope, the second king, because there are seven, eight, eight, eight kings. The first king is Pius eleven. The second king is uh, Pius the twelfth, and he will ruled in Rome in, in, in Vatican from 1939 to 1958. Then he was followed by John the twenty third, and he ruled from 1958 to 1963. That's the third king. Then the fourth king is Paul. The sixth, who ruled from 1963 to 1978. Then the fifth king is John Paul I, who ruled in 1978. Then he was followed by the sixth king, John Paul II, who ruled from 1978 to 2005. And then we have Benedict the sixteen, who ruled from 2005 to 2013. Is the seventh, and then now we have Francis one, who has been ruling since 2013 till date. Is the eighth. Now let us see how this thing comes into play. This is precisely eight kings. So this verse nine is teaching us that the much anticipated end of the Gentile world empire will be in the reign of the eighth king. And you can check my book, Grand Zero Prophetic, Mystery Babylon, for full details. Now, let's note some interesting facts about each of the last eight popes of the Roman Catholic Church. Pope Pius VI, I mean 11th, sorry. Like I said, 
led Roman Catholic back into world relevance when he recognized it in 1926. Then Pius XII, he was the one who declared that assumption of Mary, that is physical rising of Mary into the heavens, was an article of the Catholic faith. And he claimed that he himself witnessed the miracle of the Son in his Vatican. Now the third king is Pope John XXIII. He's the one who declined to reveal the message of Fatima and claimed that it has great implications for the faith. The fourth king is John Paul. Sorry, the third king, John 2023. Okay. John 23. Okay, I got to try. I thought I mixed it. Okay. Now the fourth king is Paul VI, Paul the Sixth. He not only commissioned the infamous Vatican audience that resembled an alien edif edifice in 1963, but he also presided over the Second Vatican Council, which was commissioned by his predecessor. And this council is criticized as opening the Catholic Church to inversion by homosexuals and Freemasons because it declared that there are positive elements in other religions and religious stereotypes and prejudices can be overcome through dialogue. And then this was why the sixth king, who is John Paul II, everybody knows John Paul II, could boldly in 2015 kissed the Quran and declared openly that Islam is also a faith that leads to salvation. Can you can you believe that? A Pope of Christian church saying that Islam is also a religion that leads to salvation. This is utter blasphemy. Because the salvation is given only by one name and by one person, and that is Jesus Christ. Now the fifth king is Job Paul one, which Revelation chapter 17 verse 10 says, he has fallen, meaning that dead. And this John Paul I happened to be the only Pope that ruled for only 33 days, very short reign, precisely what John saw. He has fallen. Now the sixth king, he said, is the one indicating logativity. And we know that John Paul II, the sixth Pope, he sat for 27 years on the throne. He was the one who released the official uh, note concerning the 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 Fatima the Fatima apparition that said that uh, he will not reveal the so that's him he was the one, sorry he was the one who released the official note to try to put uh, <laughs> a stop to the speculation concerning the test secret of Fatima 83 years after the event and hear this, he was actually made a cardinal by the fourth king, which is Paul the sixth. And he also literally fulfilled the last part of Revelation starting verse three, that all the world follow it under his papacy. Because when he was Pope, the Western world was reconciled with the Catholic church. Even Ronald Reagan established full diplomatic US relationship with the Vatican and collaborated with the Vatican to bring down communism in the former United uh, 
Union of Soviet States Republic, USSR. This was also interpreted to mean the fulfillment of the second secret of Fatima, that the Catholic Church should consecrate the USSR to God. So John Paul II was literally the most popular man on earth in his time. And through him, the Catholic Church was established as a moral force for this new world order. His closest aide was Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, and he would later succeed him as Pope Benedict XVI. And then the seventh, yeah, who is the seventh king? And you know, Vastensi told us that the other one has not yet come, but when he comes, he must continue for a short time. And we saw that in his reign, he abruptly resigned from the papacy in 2013, eight years into his reign, which is short in comparison to his predecessor. And now the last part of Revelation 17, verse 11 says, of the last king, the beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seventh and is going to perdition. The prophecy of the eight kings being of the seventh is clearly seen in the fact that despite having retired from his papacy, Pope Benedict still lives rather in the Vatican City. Occasionally he speaks on doctrinal issues that affect Catholics and continue, continues to receive audiences who still address him as your holiness, the proper term for addressing serving popes. So much so that some Catholics actually feel that they have two living popes. Now, 3,000 years of human history declared less than 70 years after the birth of Christ at an island called Patmos. Only God can do this. The very one who declares the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure, Isaiah 46, verse 10. So does this mean that Francis, being the last pope, consequently mean that mankind is in the final chapter of Gentile world history? The answer is simple yes, and also no. The splitting of the papacy and his election to the position signified an important timeline in prophecy. That is why the vision of the eight kings started with, here is wisdom, meaning that it calls for divine interpretation rather than logical conclusion. It is telling us that from the moment Francis was elected Pope, the world has entered into the last chapter of Gentile domination. And while Francis may not necessarily be the last Pope, his papacy will position the modern Catholic world to fully transition into the Antichrist apparatus. That is what it means. Pope Francis, by the way, sits on the throne, which was not used since 1978 and 2006, while Pope John II was seducing denominations and sects around the world to build a religious alliance under Papa supremacy in his new, I mean, it's a new economical plot to redominate the modern world. But Pope Benedict, Francis' immediate predecessor reintroduced that throne. And when a pope sits on that throne, everything he says is considered to be infallible. That throne was majestically displayed in the Vatican audience hall. Now, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, Apostle Paul wrote that, Do not let anyone deceive you in any way, because that day will not come unless first comes the falling away 
and then the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, the one opposing and exalting himself over everything, being called Elohim or object of worship. So as he sits in the temple of Elohim, as Elohim showing himself that he is Elohim. In other words, the Antichrist is a fake who will pretend to be the original and will be regarded by mankind as the Christ, the same sin that the devil was guilty of committing in eternity past when he tried to overthrow God in heaven is the same sin that he will influence the Antichrist to commit on earth because the temple referred to here is not a literal building but rather it is the temple of the mind of man this is the temple of god the mind of man it is also interesting to note that since francis a jesuit cardinal succeeded to the seat of the bishop of rome the jesus or the society of jesus are now in full control of roman catholic church for the very first time in history all the priests presently running the Vatican Observatory in Rome and the USA are also Jesuits. And it is evident that the modern Jesuits are straight from the Spanish Jesuit priest Francisco Suarez philosophies of man in favor of Telhard's evolutionary cosmogenesis. <coughs> Excuse me. The Pope, the Pope. Paul six audience all designed in reinforced concrete and completed in 1971 by Italian architect Pierre Luginavi is also note who is also noted by the way for strange out of this world building. That audience all lies partly in the Vatican City but mostly in Italy itself. It was named after the fourth king of Revelation 17, who is identified as Paul the sister. Who commissioned it? It has a 6,300 seating capacity. From an aerial view of that audience hall, it looks like a giant reptile that is biting into the Vatican City from Italy. It contains a giant key protruding outward from St. Peter's Basilica. That key is said to symbolize both the key of heaven and the key to the rest of the world supposedly given to Peter by Jesus Christ. In other words, the Pope is the custodian of heaven and of mankind. The part of the audience hall within the Vatican is the mouth of the snake. On the outside, physical design and interior decorations they portray the sense that when the Pope speaks is from his papa throne, he was speaking from the snake's mouth. You can Google it to verify. Now, recall that I've already told you that Vatican means the seat of the oracle. So it means that when the Pope speaks from this throne in the serpent oil, he's literally speaking by the spirit of divination. Acts 16 verse 16 help us to understand this because the original greek word translated a spirit of divination literally means the spirit of python in the key that is the mouth area shaped as a five star 
with a Freemason Illuminati sign of compass and square in it, and with the eye of providence in between it. It was commissioned in 1963 and inaugurated in 1971 by Pope Paul VI. Behind the Papa throne is a sculptor depicting a 66 feet figure of Jesus rising out of a nuclear war apocalypse, looking at the world. Now, you will notice that the air on the head of the Jesus sculptor is seemingly blown back by the wind. But if you watch very closely, it was calculated to make the air turn into a reptile. So this is mocking the Genesis 3.15 prophecy that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent while it bites the feet of her offspring. The statue, mockingly titled Resurrection, depicts Jesus becoming a reptile, thus rewriting biblical prophecy made by God himself that Satan loses to Jesus. And some scholars have also suggested that the statue is a secret prophecy by the Vatican that the expected savior is actually an extraterrestrial who would only return after a World War nuclear holocaust. So why countless devotees of the Catholic Church are trooping in and out of its cathedrals daily ostensibly to demonstrate their faith in the God of the Bible. The speech and sometimes deeds of those in, in their leadership depicts allegiance to something else other than Jehovah, the I am that I am, and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The overall impression that the audience all creates is surreal and out of this world forcing many to speculate and assume that the topmost leadership of the Catholic Church under the Jesuit management are convinced that extraterrestrials not only exist, but may have well been the ones who founded and populated our art. With the very vocal support that the Vatican has lent to climate issues and the reality that ours is a fatal art, I mean, sorry, ours is, a, ours is a finite act. It is suspicious indeed that rather than deploy its massive resources into preparing humanity for eternal life as any Christian denomination what it sought should, the Vatican is more focused with preparing humanity to survive the earth and interface with aliens. According to Global Footprint Network, humanity uses the equivalent of 1.5 planets to provide the resources we use and to absorb our waste. In other words, it now takes the earth one year and six months to regenerate what we use in a year. Moderate United Nations scenarios suggest that if countries, I mean current population and consumption trends continue, then by the 2030s, we will need the equivalent of two acts to support us. So when the angel warned Daniel in chapter 12, verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words, seal the books until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. We are speaking specifically about such a time as we now live in now. Our much learning is the doom of humanity today. Because rather than becoming experts at keeping the laws of God in order to enjoy his blessings and protection, knowledge 
has turned us into self-righteous, arrogant tenants who are trying to usurp the authority of the landowner. Scientists are not only trying to make life better on that, but they are also trying to engineer man into a being that could survive outside of the human physical body which God made for us. This too is the work of the devil. Anyone that then, that God rebuked Job <clears throat> in chapter 13, verses 1 to, to 2, who is this who darkens cancers by words without knowledge? That same rebuke resonates with modern man's ambition today. We have darkened counsel or wisdom with science knowledge and have become willing tools in the hands of the devil in propagating his doomed rebellion against his maker. No wonder Jesus has warned in Matthew 24, verse 37 to 40, that as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Something had happened significantly at this time to make the generation of Noah to become solely consumed on worldliness and selfishness at the expense of salvation. And it was not just the Adamic sin at Eden. It was both a biological distortion and a mental reorientation of mankind, which was described in Genesis 6, verses 1 to 8. The devil had contaminated the seed of man with angelic seed. The resultant hybrid consequently filled the heart of man with iniquity. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in heart and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The above is paralleled in the apocrypha and pseudopigrapha of Old Testament book of Enoch. And I dare say that apart from reading the account of Enoch, grasping the enormity of why God destroyed the second world with Flood will be at best academic guess. You really need to read the book of Enoch to understand why God will go to the extent of destroying the second world with flood. It is the book of Enoch that made us to realize that what activated the Adamic seed of sin in man to uncontrollable and self-destructive level is the presence of invisible evil influencers. According to First Enoch chapter 6 verses 1 to 5, it stated that, and when the sons of men had multiplied in those days, beautiful and comely daughters were born to them, and the washers, the sons of heaven, that is angels, saw them and desired them. And they said to one another, Come, let us choose for ourselves wives from the daughters of men, and let us beget for ourselves children. Then they all swore together and bound one another with a curse. And they were all of them, 200, who descended in the days of Jared onto the peak of Mount Ammon. Then Apocrypha, 1 Enoch chapter 7, verse 1 to 6, told us, 
And all the others together with them took unto themselves wives, and each chose for himself one. And they began to go in unto them, and to defy themselves with them. And they taught them charms. Did you see how they corrupt the man? They taught them charms and enchantments, and the cutting of roots, and made them acquainted with plants. And they became pregnant, and they bore great giants, whose height was 3,000 elites, who consumed all the acquisition of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against men and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds, against beasts, against reptiles, against fish, and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. Then the act laid accusation against the lawless one. Against Apocrypha, I mean Apocrypha, Enoch, chapter 8, verses 1 to 4 tells us. Then Azazel taught men, Azazel is one of those watchers who descended from heaven, taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and make known to them the matter and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all costoring tinctures. You see how this one came into the world now? It was fallen angels who brought all this knowledge into the world. And there arose much godlessness and they committed fornication and they were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways. Then another one of those fallen angels, Zamuza, taught enchantment and root cuttings. Amorous taught the resolving of enchantment. Bagiva taught astrology. Kobabel taught constellations, astronomy. Ezajel taught knowledge of clouds, weather. Arajel taught science on the earth. Shamshel taught the science of the sun. Sarel taught the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. So you see, from the above quotations, we can now understand why the Christian Bible expressly declares that God frowns and he actually punishes astrology, sorcery, fortune telling, necromancy, divination, channeling, spiritism, stargazing, prostitution, idolatry. Because all of them are the result of what these fallen angels taught to mankind. Huh? You can see God forbidding all of these things in Deuteronomy 17, verses 2 to 3, Isaiah 47, 13 to 14, Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 14, Isaiah 8, verse 19, Micah 5, verse 12, Leviticus 20, verse 6, Leviticus 19, verse 26, Jeremiah 10, verses 2, First eh? Chronicles 10, verses 13 and 14, Deuteronomy 4, verse 19, Isaiah 47, verse 13 and 15, First Corinthians 10, verse 20, Second Kings 17, verse 16. Second Kings 21 verse 3 to 5. Second Chronicles 3 verse 3 to 5. Second Kings 23 verse 4. And Ezekiel 8 verse 16 to 18. There are others, but these are the ones that I, I researched. 
these pagan practices are all the consequences of mingling angelic and human seed together. Check out my book, Apocalypse, by Bikain Time Matters. Note also that mankind did not realize that the new knowledge they were receiving from these fallen angels were destructive. No, 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 no. They thought it was actually good. They thought, they celebrated at that time as emancipation from primitive mindset. In much the same way as Adam and Eve expected the fruit of the tree of knowledge to transform them into godlike beings. First Enoch chapter 15, verse 1 to 12, give us further insight. He said, Go and say to the washers of heaven, Wherefore have you left the eye holy and eternal heaven and lay with women? and defile yourselves with the daughters of men, and taking to yourself wives, and done like the children of earth, and begotten giants as your sons. And though you are holy, spiritual, living the eternal life, you have defiled yourself with the blood of women, and have begotten children with the blood of flesh. As the children of men, you have lusted after flesh and blood, as those also do who die and perish. Therefore, have I, this is God speaking, giving them wives also, that they might impregnate them and beget children by them. That thus nothing might be wanting to them or not. But you are formerly spiritual, living the eternal life, immortal for all generations of the world, and therefore I have not appointed wise for you. For as for your spiritual ones in heaven is your dwelling. And now the giants who are produced from these spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirit upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies because they are born from man and from holy watchers. Is their beginning and their primary origin. They shall be evil spirits on earth. Evil spirits shall they be called. As for the spirit of heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling. For as for the spirits that were born on earth, upon the earth shall be their dwelling. And the spirits of the giants, look at what they now do. They afflict, they oppress, they destroy, they attack, they do battle, they work destruction on the earth, they cause trouble, they take no food, but nevertheless they are hungry and they are thirsty, they cause offenses. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men and against the women who bore them, because they have proceeded from them. Verse, verses 1 to 8, continuing by Todo. I mean, now, now let, before I continue, now you can see certain things from that. The evil spirit is the result of sex between man and angels. And because they are produced on earth, God bound them to earth. That is why they can go nowhere. They can't go to heaven. They can't go to, so they remain on earth. And that's why they keep on circulating circulating around going from looking for human bodies you know to 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 inhabit especially after god had destroyed all of them in the flood together with the humanity that were alive then was spared noah but because they are spirit and they can't die they survived the flood but they didn't have the body they had before so now they had to look for human beings to possess and to influence so you now see the origin of evil spirit evil spirit i spirit. I've already explained that to you, but now you see it clearly written here. Then you also see that their, their, their work is antagonistic. They have no good plan 
for humankind. They are forever anti-human beings. So they oppress, they destroy, they attack, they do battle, they work destruction on earth. That's what they do. So you need to get this fact very, 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 very straight. Now, from verses 1 to 8 that we read about, we can see confirmation of what Jesus Christ assured us in Matthew 22, verse 30, when he says, spiritual beings do not marry. So you see that because he told us, he said that the spirit who procured them are supposed, they are spiritual, they are not supposed to marry. God made spiritual beings not to marry. So there is no marriage in heaven uh, at all, at all. Spirit beings don't marry. In the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like angels of God in heaven. Secondly, we realize from the same verses, highlighted above, that the real purpose of marriage is on earth, and it is to procreate so that human race can continue because we are mortals and we are li we have limited lifespan. So marriage is for procreation. Thirdly, when we do inherit the eternal life, there shall be no marriages again in the new earth. We shall be genderless and we shall be immortal. And therefore, there shall be no more need for procreation. Churches and ministers who teach otherwise are wrong and they are in heresy. Thirdly, the offspring of the angel and human liaison can never enjoy eternal life. They are therefore bound to us forever. They are what we now call evil, evil spirits. And their lot, their final destination will be in the lake of fire. That's where they will be bound and trapped for eternity. And lastly, this evil spirit, apart from the Adamic sin, are the reason of evil on this earth. That's the reason for evil on this earth, this evil spirit. Though they feel the urge to eat and drink as human beings do, they cannot do so. Hence, they make human beings whom they possess to become drunkards, substance addicts, and glutons. Since they are neither human nor spirits, they become the number one enemy of mankind. Their sole purpose is to torment humanity. Now catch a revelation here. Because the divine decree that bound them to earth bounds them here, it means that they have automatically become assimilated into the kingdom of darkness under the rule of Satan, who is the prince of this world. As stated in John 12, verse 31, John 14, verse 30, John 16, verse 11, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, Ephesians 2, verse 2. So Jesus told us in John 10, verse 10, that Satan comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he does this through these evil spirits that are now under his command. So when Jesus compared life on earth at the time of his return to what was obtainable at the time of now, it is to indicate that something, <coughs> excuse me, as revolutionary as the mingling of human and angel DNA would occur again in the life of mankind. Hence, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9 tells us that which has been is what will be, that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Daniel, while interpreting King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, warned us that just as it was in the time of Noah, the coming last world empire will also witness a doomed attempt to re-engineer the human race. In chapter 2, verse 43 of Daniel, he said, as you saw, I am mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men. But 
they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. So the question here is, who and what will mingle with the seed of men? I submit that demons are the answers to the wolf, while machine is the answer to the what. In other words, demons will attempt to mingle with mankind again through machine because since the flood, their ability to fertilize human eggs again has been receded by God. I said receded because actually documented account of such a bad to circumvent the divine embargo has been few and far between across the human spectrum. It involves a protracted method whereby demons copulate with human males to harness samples of their sperm, which will then be corrupted by demonic DNA before being injected into female humans through spiritual sex until once in the blue moon, a human eventually becomes physically pregnant by such an exercise. So it is not done. It doesn't happen very well. It is once in a while. In multiple places across Africa and Asia, there are human beings who are born in underground spiritual kingdoms in the water, in the trees, underneath mountains, etc., that are surfaced in the natural world to live amongst human beings. While in the Western world, there have been multiple tales of alien abductions of human beings and experiments being done on them in unidentified flying objects, UFOs. Uh, we are going to continue from this place in the next audio where we will discuss some of United States uh, classified information on UFOs that have been declassified recently. The Lord bless you and let this entrance of his words truly bring light into your life and chase out every darkness in form of sickness, disease, infection, infirmities, etc. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to Google my name on, uh, on the internet for my books on Amazonbook.com, Kobobook.com, and also on Okadabook.com. On Amazonbook.com, the books are in ebook format paperback format and also hardcover formats and they are affordable on uh, okarabu.com and lekutinkobo.com uh, they are only on ebook formats and they are also affordable the lord bless you in the name of jesus christ you can contact me on any of my addresses that accompanies this this thing Remember, Jesus Christ is coming back soon, so be ready, Maranatha.